0: The Raw Rugby Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast powered by ASICS. I'm Brett McKay. And then there were two the 2023 Rugby World Cup finalists that went set. Zealand and South Africa to face off in a decider on Saturday night in Paris. your place for the very best Rugby World Cup final discussion this week will be the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Simply outstanding to have Simon Rawalui on the pod last week. He was so warm in his conversations. He was so giving of his time, not just for us, but all his media appearances throughout this tournament. And it was just a joy to have him share the triumph of the Flying Fijians just days after their heartbreaking loss and without even the slightest bit of bitterness about it. It was just pure joy at, at what they'd been able to achieve. And, Simon, you have our absolute best wishes for whatever your next move is. Joining me this and every week, the man who spent 78 minutes and half a 100 Pollard kick deeply regretting his decision to trade semi-final tickets for tickets to the final this weekend back in the land of the free. Harry Jones. Hello, mate. You were nervous, oh, the- weren't you? I you, was still, very- you, have to, you didn't admit this properly on Sunday. You were nervous till the very end.
0: I always believed. But I yeah. will say that the moment that I believed the least was um, when currently said knocked on in the 22, and I think at that moment it was still 15-6, and I thought... Oh no! Maybe Uh-oh. this is maybe this is the stupidest decision I ever made. to Swap <laughs> semi-final tickets for final tickets because I just roasted really it off. Yeah, I was, like, no. I was uh, uh, I became was I became incredibly silent, which, as you know, is not a thing that I do very often. No,
1: no um, certainly not.
0: And then matter. when, but then when, when goodness prevailed over evil, I, I bellowed into the Alps at night, and I was uh, I was really happy to see you and Rian right after, because I really think I'd lost all touch with reality and the people that were with me were sick of me. (laughs) So there was an altercation with some fans and maybe a bar owner. There was a whole thing going on that night. But um, yeah, right. Speaking of altercations, I I want to get a few things off my chest. Uh, And I'm the clown that, you know, has been to every red light district in France and and reported to you. But I'm going to say this about Bongi and Bonambi and Tom Curry. And I want context to reign in this debate um i don't think that it that it doesn't matter what people say on the pitch i do think it matters there are lines we shouldn't cross they're important lines we shouldn't cross but in this case we have now the video we've isolated exactly the part where bongi Gimanambi says something which tom curry then 20 minutes later goes to the referee and says sir what should i do if someone called me this a white c word running with yep. running with runt um and so it's actually in the second minute that Bongi given as the defensive captain is uh, standing in the middle of the pitch. England is in the 22, encroaching into the box 22. One of the few moments in the, t- the whole match where they might actually mm-hmm. develop a line break or score. They end up not doing that. Kick the ball out. But Bongi is screaming three times. uh The words Vaitkant, kant, He actually is. He's actually making a mistake in Afrikaans. He should have said Kant, which would mean mm-hmm. uh, a wide open or wide side. Kant is a word that you use in Afrikaans a lot on the rugby pitch.
2: Hmm.
0: Binakant is, is inside, Kant is outside, Hildikant is this side, Kant is that side. Afrikaans is the lingua franca of 11 language Springbok team. But Bongi actually grew up in Bethlehem. He's unusual in that team because he grew up in the heartland, you know, where Franz and Bismarck Duplessis grew up. He, he lived in a, in a town called Bethlehem, which is 70% Afrikaans, white Afrikaans. And, you know, as you know, he packs down in a scrum with Franz Malherber, Stephen Kitsoff, Ivan Eptabeth, yeah. uh Peter stefft Dwayne Vermeulen. You know, the idea that he would secretly harbor some terrible racial uh, animus against these guys and then be packed right in the middle of them is kind of hard to believe. But Tom Curry took that uh, that signal, which is a defensive fold signal. As the fold happens, you, you're shouting to your mates which way to go, and then went to the referee and said uh, something about it. And we know now that RFU actually sponsored that to the World Rugby, which has resulted in an investigation, which hangs over Bongi's head now as he prepares for the final, he'll play, but in the back of his mind, he has to wonder. Also around the world, some people will always believe this about him. That's how accusations work. Bongi Manami would then face a very strange, in the prospect of going to racial school, I guess, to learn what it's like to understand racism. When I can promise you this, Bongi Manami could probably hold a university class right now about it, because at every step he was too short, too black, not the proper tight forward. He was coming into a system that was very much predisposed Mm. against black tight forwards. Um, And so I think that that's – to me, it smacks of calculation to wait 20 minutes on an obvious defensive call where Bongi shouting to the entire pitch Mm. and to say, oh, it was about me. It also makes me wonder whether Tom Curry uh, is really up for this job as open-sider in the Six Nations where he's playing against Peter Omani-types. I mean, what are they saying to him? So even if it were true, I think there's an obvious remedy, which is you've got about 80 more rucks to get into. Find yeah. Peter Omani,
1: find Bobby. will be, it, it, yeah, it will be interesting to see how this comes out. And for anyone who's wondering if we haven't clicked the explicit tag or something like that, we should can't in Afrikaans is K A N T. We're definitely not right. Say, say, saying saying what you what you thought might have been heard on on the pitch. Um, this, to me, smacks of World Rugby being seen to be doing something. Announced now they were investigating it. But as you say, Bongi and Manami will play in the final this weekend and it will be resolved one way or the other next week. And I expect that it will be resolved probably in a case of lost in translation, as you say. And it's interesting to me that a lot of the narrative around this is sort of focusing on the C word part of the slur rather than the fact that he said it was a white c-word it, it so, always sounded
0: it always sounded weird right so that c-word yeah. is not, it's,
1: it's not used in the republic no, very much just, only in the coastal know.
0: cities you know more will. british times but but freestyle was, i can promise you you're not going to hear that word and also it, it's just I, strange yeah. for someone to say i don't know to the entire world yeah. knowing that you're on mic <laughs> as loud as you yeah. can yeah
1: it will be to see what comes of it I, as I, say, I don't think it will Result in much at all, uh, whether it was calculated or not from from Tom Curry, I'm I'm not sure. I'll, I can give him the benefit of the doubt there, but but it will be fascinating to see what it was, and that probably might wraps up Heroes and Zeros very nicely. So You're and a zero there. That. That's, that's covered it very, very well. Very, very well. Um, as you know, the Raw has in place a great partnership with ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear supplier for the Wallabies. And you can still head in-store and online at ASICS.com.au to find the full Wallabies 2023 Rugby World Cup playing and training ensemble. Mate, let's get to this week's guest. That's a... Very welcome return to the pod to this week's guests. The welcome not just in the sense that we're very happy to have them back, and we obviously are, but mainly it's my own selfish need to try and balance out the deepening parochialism of my co-host. The Raw Rugby Podcast. We've relinquished all French connections this week, and we plug back into the pod's Auckland studio, where we again find leading New Zealand rugby commentator and author. Please welcome back onto the Royal Rugby Podcast, Tony Johnson. Tony, welcome.
2: Hi, fellas. Nice to nice to be back with you.
1: Yeah, wonderful to have you back. Uh, the perfect week to have you back. We said we'd try and get you back into the World Cup, and we've just timed this beautifully for people listening and not watching us on YouTube. Tony's looking resplendent in an All Blacks jersey tonight. <laughs> Harry, I'm... I'm surprised you haven't tried to square this ledger already. No, 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 no.
2: I'm deferring to Tony.
0: Yeah, let, let him. Yeah, let him get that. Well, well, I, yeah I, I came
2: on expecting. I expected Harry to be dressed up in the full, you know, green and gold regalia. So uh, you did say you were looking for balance, Brent. So <laughs> I did,
1: I, and I and I got
2: more than I expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not often. I mean, I, I I am occasionally seen in the the colours of the Tasman Markle because that's that's the team that's you know really close to my heart here. In New Zealand, but uh, I, I was just about five minutes before we started this, I said to my wife, I said, oh, where's that old all-black jersey that I was given a couple of years? I've, I've got the wrong sponsor. I'm trying to sort of keep that below the, uh, the baseline you're obscured, key. It's because...
1: skewered by your super there. It's perfect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very yeah. good. How, how have you enjoyed the tournament
1: so far, watching on from afar?
2: Oh, look, it's been great. I mean, timing-wise, it's actually really good for us here in uh, New Zealand because, yes. like, Saturday, I had a a great day on Saturday. I was in New Plymouth for our national championship final, and I woke up to an absolutely gorgeous day, hotel right by the the sea. Uh, I actually, I I, I watch these games by myself or Mm. only with my own family. I don't like going to a bar or going down to the lounge or, um, you know, when I was in Wellington a couple of weeks ago, everyone was down in the the sort of the foyer area. They had a big screen down there. I, I actually like to watch... You know, by myself, if possible, so that anything I say won't be heard. (laughs) Um, I I just become a fan in situations like that. But, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, uh, I watched the game. I then went out, had breakfast on the terrace and then went off, did the final. It was a gorgeous, fine day. New Plymouth's a beautiful place. You've got this majestic mountain Taranaki in the background, which was there in all its glory. We had a fantastic final. And then went back afterwards and we just sat out on the deck, had a couple of quiet ones and just reflected on, on, a, on a really great day. It was a great day to be yeah. a New Zealand rugby fan. And we've got a lot to look forward to. But I have to say that the, the buzz here is that, you know, I, the, the feeling is that the All Blacks have probably progressed further than a lot of people thought they were going to. Yeah. Uh, that's not, yeah. to say, that's <laughs> not to say, that's not to say that um, it doesn't matter who wins the final. Because, of course, when you get in yes, the final, of course. of course it matters who wins. But I think there's a real buzz around the place at the moment um, because, you know, they've, they've done better than a lot of people thought they were going to do. Uh, they've played some really good rugby on the way. They, they beat a, a great team in Ireland. And now mm-hmm. we're playing, you know, with all due respect to Australia, which I think to the younger people, probably they see that as a great rivalry. But, but for older people like myself... South Africa, it is the ultimate rivalry in rugby. I do believe this is the greatest rivalry in rugby. It's been a long time, nineteen ninety-five, and I was I had the privilege of being there that day. And at last, we get to see these two great rivals playing off in a World Cup final. You know what? You know more could you look forward to?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually quite remarkable, isn't it? That you know they're both lining up for what would be their fourth title. They've both played in, you know obviously more than four, four finals, but this will only be the second time <coughs> that the box and the All Blacks have faced off, which is yeah. quite incredible, Harry, isn't it, in 30 years? Yeah, you know, I reflected on that a little bit, and I, was,
0: and I read something about this as well that confirmed it, that none of the players will need any really big team talks or pep talks. Yeah. or like, there's, There'll be no need. Everyone will be fully aware and apprised of the actual you know, pinnacle of we get to say we went back to back, we get to say we stopped you, we're the first ones yeah, to four, yeah, You know yeah, all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff is just baked in and no one needs to even really have a big giant speech. I would imagine the, both change rooms will be quite quiet. And I think I think the week will be quiet. I think it's about people get healing, resting up and getting ready. And I think uh, for the most part, you know who's gonna play. I, I don't think all the mind games are really gonna accrue in this mm-hmm. rivalry. It's a, it's a rivalry where there's so much respect and let, let me tell you, it'll be an absolute war out there. Yeah. But there's respect around it, during it, and post. And so I don't think yeah. there's going to be this drama that we've had around some of these other matchups.
1: No, no, I think it's a really good way of, of putting it. And it's going to be a, a fantastic game. There's no doubt about it. Tony, we're still starting each week the same way. And that is to ask you what stood out for you on the weekend. And it sounds like it was your wonderful day in, 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 in the Taranaki.
2: Yeah, I, I think. Um... So much emphasis in New Zealand is placed on the All Blacks and the Black Ferns, our our women's team, two of the world champions. And sometimes I think super rugby and provincial rugby have been neglected here. And so it was so good um, to hear the comments of Neil Barnes after the game. He's a a great, he's a real, uh, I guess he he looks like an old-fashioned rugby guy, but he's actually quite a modern thinker. And he Mm -hmm. gave New Zealand rugby a bit of a blast at the end of the game and going, I wish you guys had stopped talking about it and actually do something about it because the fans spoke. And, and when they ran out onto the field and there's just a sea of amber and black, but as I say, it was the setting, that, that beautiful, yeah, that mountain, yeah. which has so much, um, well, it has incredible spiritual and, and, and uh, cultural significance. Uh, and and like a, it's like a guardian, a kaitiaki, we call them, mm. um, looking over it. And, and just suddenly it felt really great. It, it does feel at the moment, like a rather dark cloud's been lifted uh, from New Zealand rugby because the last few years have been turbulent. COVID wasn't good to us. Uh, you mm. know, we felt our isolation from the rest of the world and it, 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 things have been messy. We, you know, we had this awful election <coughs> campaign, uh, which just couldn't end quick enough. Yeah. We got that sorted. We, You know, we, the government's all sorted out. But suddenly there's a buzz about the game that there hasn't been for a while. And look, it's mainly down to the World Cup. But that NPC, to me, uh, that just, it was a special day to be a rugby fan in in Aotearoa, New Zealand.
1: Yeah, and it was a cracking finish to the NPC final as well. It was was, was, was wonderful to see it play out. Harry, what did you have that stood out for you on the weekend, apart from being objected? from a bar and a hotel <laughs> into the, into the Tony, night air in the French Alps.
0: Tony hypnotises me with his voice sometimes. Um, I actually lose track <laughs> of what I'm about to say next. Um, and I th- that's, that's such a rugby answer to that paragraph of rugby. Uh, No, besides the fact that uh, Tom Curry has done the unique trick of actually making all racial groups in Africa for the first time in history agree on something, which is (laughs) (laughs) that we don't want to kick out the black vice captain and put an African or white in, you know, like we actually want to pick the black guy. So this is interesting. Uh, Besides the fact that New Zealand looked like it was steadily improving throughout the whole tournament, which is ominous, uh, and besides the fact that it looked like, you know, two really good coaches, Mm -hmm. like a set of coaches with Borthwick doing all the things right. I guess I will come yeah. down on the fact that that, that bench, the use of the bench by the box was remarkable in the fact that you had someone being yanked at 30 minutes. Andre yes. Pollard comes in, you have Foster Clark, you have audience name you have, you have Quokka Smith and Dion Free bringing ferocious pace onto the field, not size pace, no, it's right. small yeah. forwards. Yeah. And then, um, and then finishing out with grumpy Willie the I think, you know, that kind of that, – that, the timing of that took a lot of balls. You know, we talked yeah. about Andre Pollard's balls being so big. That's why the swing is left leg out all the way. But actually, to make that call, you can see the coach's box in a very vehement debate. I thought that was brilliant. And it shows <laughs> that in yes. the final, that might also be one of the stories here because you have two very interesting – oh, you have people like Damian McKenzie. I don't know if he's on the bench or not, but if he is, it's so interesting when you insert that guy. Yeah. Or, as yeah. you saw, the French laboured too long on Antoine Tupont and probably should have subbed him, and you, uh, Ireland should have probably subbed Johnny Sexton. Do they hang on too long with Aaron Smith if, yeah. he's, if his legs are heavy? I mean, all these bench-playing games are super fascinating for the yeah. rugby nerd.
1: There's two interesting elements to that. The first being, and you mentioned vehement debate amongst the coaches, <clears throat> it was the whole coaching staff very much hanging on every word that Rassi Rasmus was saying. Including Jacques <laughs> Nivena. So there is no doubt who is in charge there at all, is there? And the yeah. second is that Nivena had put thrown all his bench reserves on before he'd replaced his front row. So Franz Malherbe and Imbenami yeah. played 80 minutes, but Franz Malherbe was still on. So Oxinche had come on, but Pollard was on, Fafta was on, Billy Leroux was on before he'd gone to the second prop. And I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. So that was, and, that then, was interesting. And, and then that sort of just collapse of the scrum, which, you know, we, we had wondered about England having such old props and that no young English props had come through. Mm. And so you had, you know, Ellis Gans, who's not in his form, not in form, and Carl Sinkler, just, just folding in such a way that Ben O'Keefe, yeah. I think by the time the third restart happened on the forty-eight. He just had to ping somebody. You know, he just couldn't. Yeah. And I think the, the team that's defending, that's trying to run the clock out, always looks like the one that's trying to bring this scrum <laughs> yes. down.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And there's, yeah. there's been a little bit of debate, Tony, about that last scrum penalty, but the, the still shots show it. Um, you know, is there with his knee on the ground before the ball's even gone in. So it yeah. had, to be, had to be that penalty.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm one of the things that's kind of... <laughs> taken a bit of the gloss of this tournament for me has been the, the post-match whining that's going on. Now, I, I realise, you know, I'm coming from a country that we had a coach uh, remember Laurie Maines, uh, you know, what he came out with the day after the final in 1995 when, no question, the All Blacks had been sick, but his you know, he absolutely maintains that they were deliberately poisoned. So, mm. uh, you know, I, I come from that country. <laughs> how how sure. many Susie references have you heard this week? Well, yeah, plenty. plenty. <laughs> and it's it's it's, a, it's become a bit of a joke, and you know, so, so on it goes. But mm. it's gotten to a ridiculous degree now. And uh, you know, I, I was actually talking to uh, Angus maybe on Sunday morning. He's the guy who refereed the final in New Plymouth, yes. and he did a really great job. There was there was probably half a dozen penalties in the whole game. He just let them play you can't really do that at the World Cup because everything is just so forensically examined. But I said to him, you know, if I'd been Ben O'Keefe and someone had rung me on Monday and said, Ben, we'd like you to referee the semi-final between South Africa and England, I would have said, I'll call you back in an hour and then I would have rung them from the departure lounge at Charles de Gaulle, (laughs) about to go back to New Zealand. (laughs) Because that is the ultimate no-win situation. Yeah. Because no matter who lost that game, because we all knew what kind of game it was going to be. Yeah. And whoever lost weather. that game, there was going to be the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. And to be honest, I, I, I've gotten a bit fed up with it. I've gotten fed up with players, you know, bitching at the referee. the time. You know, Owen Farrell, um, to me, he probably cost England. If you look at the sum total he of the did. game. Was the penalty that he turned from a probably a kick for touch penalty into a kick at goal penalty Correct. because he mouthed off at the referee and wouldn't give the ball back? Is that any less important than the one that happened at the end of the game? Yeah, I was so, wondering about whether Courtney Laws could have been made captain
0: uh, for those pressure games, and he would good. have been fine, right? Courtney, Courtney Laws has a really was good captain way last year yeah. about yeah, him, yeah. and I, I think Owen Farrell, even when he's actually being nice he comes off like a snarling you know rabid feral dog and uh Mm. i i don't even think it's at this point he's aware of it i think ben o'keefe by the way tony ben o'keefe is booed by the french neutrals as well in such a way that i think is unbelievably harsh like he, when he was when he was introduced the boo in south france was ridiculous yeah. and it was it was from the neutrals because they english and south african fans hadn't formed an opinion yet so yeah. <laughs> it's it's I, I do think that's going to be addressed because i think i think Ben O'Keefe actually perform i mean whatever he made mistakes we all make mistakes all referees do but by releasing that report yeah. post uh, quarterfinal and they said there were
2: five mistakes i have to tell well, did, you i think did they mistakes actually, is pretty low i think did they actually a release amount. the report uh, was, was that report actually released, or did someone leak it to the French it's, newspaper, or did it someone it was, just make it up? The it was lo- well. No, it was. It was a leak to Midi
0: Olympique, and they went forward with it. and they And they had three two. It was like two mistakes that favored the Bronx and three that favored the French. Actually, those mistakes sort of canceled each other out in a rugby match. They will right, so you wouldn't have known what would have happened if Benoît well, well, yeah, the yellow card. But, but the five was actually a low number. Yeah. I mean, I think yes. That's the big story. Is Ben
2: O'Keefe. Good job. Tip your hat. Yeah. Well, I think he's just – to me, he's quite a calm sort of a guy. He doesn't strut. He doesn't play to the cameras. And that's one thing – look, you know, Wayne Barnes, we we have forgiven him for for 2007. (laughs) It took a while. And I think most New Zealanders – (laughs) <laughs> would agree that Wayne Barnes is the best referee in the world. Um yeah. we 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 love Nigel Owens, everyone loved Nigel Owens, but you know Barnes you know he he's a good referee. The only thing that worries me a little bit about him is that this is his last game. And I just mm. hope that his legacy is the guy who stood back and let two teams play a World Cup final mm. because that, that has been one of the other things that sort of bugged me in this tournament, and particularly early on, and it does tend to happen, they get all fired up early on, and you know you've got the TMO coming in every five minutes, and the, the referee's kind of, you, you know, as I say forensically looking for reasons not to award tries, and, and it's kind of calmed down a bit, and I think to be fair, I think Yako Paper and and um, you see, I'm a, I'm a fan of Angus Gardner as well. I, I love the way yeah. Gus controls a game. You know, and he's I thought he did that game quite well. He's he he number that 31. Game very well, yeah. We, we see, we believe our belief for New Zealand is the referee should be number 31. That yep. the players are, are one to 30, and and you know Ben's got that calm exterior about it. So I oh, look, I think he did well. Yeah, and it's, it, to me, it, it's a bit of a shame that you know it's not really like the French. to to be like that and again this is just something it's an overall concern about where the game's going i guess the stakes Mm. they get higher and higher more people following the game that you know the television scrutiny becomes more and more intense and so the reactions are actually becoming more and more severe i don't know what you do to change that but it's just been a bit of a a disappointing thing the way the beaten teams have reacted which is why it was just so great to see you know simon roa louis the class of that guy um in in the aftermath and i think andy farrell as well i mean you could tell sexton was having a you know a meltdown at the end of the game but farrell showed a lot of class too
1: yeah and the irish Irish fans
2: in general i think were good Were good uh good value it's almost
0: like the irish fans became the the ceremonial host fans of this tournament because the French
2: just checked out. Uh, yes. and the RAs yes. are still into it. Yeah, they do that I wherever think, they go. Yeah. They do. That's, yeah. What they, that's what they do. Yeah.
1: I think um I think Steve Borthwick was very quick to 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 get away from that sort of talk immediately post match he was asked about it and he said, I'm not going to sit here and say that Ben O'Keefe cost us that game. We had plenty yeah. of opportunities. He refereed fine. Yeah and, and, that and was I the think end
2: yeah, you're right, Brett. And, and it was more, to me, I, I'm more referring to the uh, reaction from the UK media. And, yes, you know, yeah. there are people involved, and they've been covering rugby for a long time. <laughs> and I don't even want to mention names, because some of them I do regard as friends. But th- there is a little tendency sometimes to yeah. perhaps just slightly alter the facts to suit their narrative. And, yeah, and there, was,
0: we, there was Stephen Jones, Lawrence DeLagio. They
2: was shocking. The, no, they were
0: shocking. Yeah. A World Cup winner saying, that the referee cost us the cost game. Cost us the
1: game, yeah. yeah, yeah. You
0: can go to ITV and see David Flatman undress that final scrum and actually show that it was correctly awarded. I mean, yes, it was yeah. a close one, but it was it was always going to go against the defending scrum who didn't who wanted the clock to run exactly. and so when you, when you put knee down and you go in and you make your other guy go in you know yeah. the fact that that cock is uh pointed sideways is because you have to do that when someone puts a knee down and yeah. so i think yeah. uh, uh alex carvers did the same thing and i think so to, yep. the, to their credit there's there's difference but the old i'll just call the old line meet at clive woodward types uh stephen jones they really reflexively mm-hmm. Just wanted to say that England somehow won that game and were dominant uh, when they never had a line break and never looked like scoring.
1: No, no, that's it. That's it. I'll, um, we we should actually touch on the games played, and we will absolutely get into the to the final in the next segment. But before we go there, I just want to mention Elliot Daly, and I referenced this in my column on on Tuesday. And his stats sheet for the game read. No, no carries, no meters made, no defenders beaten, no clean breaks. Three passes. That was his sole statistical analysis for the game. But what he did do was he chased every kick they put up, and he made a contest out of probably eight out of every ten. And it was just a, it was a remarkable game for a winger to play, knowing that he probably wasn't going to see the ball in attack, and that the only way he would see the ball would be to try and get a tap, tap back on it. And it was a. A very clear England tactic, and it yeah. certainly upset the box for, for, for an hour. Um, and yeah, it was it was just oh, I was actually quite surprised when I went back through his stats, having rewatched the first twenty minutes, and he did not touch the ball except for kicks. I mean, it was the only
0: tactic to play in that rain. And I was yeah. just thinking, I looked at I went I looked at the rainfall after Rian Lowe talked about Paris being rainier than London, and I looked at the rainier cities in uh, in England. I mean, like Birmingham, Manchester, uh, places like that. They are five times as rainy as a place like Bloemfontein. so yeah. it makes sense that Freddie Stewart grew up in the rain and, and yeah. Owen Farrell, and so I think that they did the right thing. And I'll put, I'll, I'll add one statistic:
2: Jesse Creel never touched the ball, never. Yeah. One yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. That's true. incredible.
1: And yeah. look, you know,
2: to be fair, I think England knew that they weren't going to outbox the Springboks, and yes. so they had to. They basically had to go in there and try and turn it into a bit of a dockyard scrap. Which they did very successfully, and yes. and their the, their tactics were very effective. Um, you know, we tend to sort of have a dim view of those sorts of tactics in in New Zealand, where we think that everything should be, you know, run the ball at a million miles an hour and passing and <laughs> not kicking and all that sort of stuff. But but they did. I think they gave themselves their best shot, and they weren't far off nailing it until you know those final. I guess the scrums in particular, towards the end of the game, those last three or four scrums, which mm. I think painted the picture in in the referee's mind. Yeah. Uh, in that regard, Oxenstiell, no what a, what a, what an incredible um, oh. impact that he had. Phenomenal. But yeah, look, you know, it's funny because I was also a bit surprised at the re- reaction to uh, the All Black Argentina game, where it was written off. And again, I'm I. I it's a dangerous thing to start looking at the rugby world through the eyes of the British media, but I was just reading some of the, the reports of, 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 that they wrote, and it was they were talking about an anti-climax, and they were talking about a game that wasn't really good enough to be a World Cup semi-final. Well, whose fault is that? Um, but, but actually, it was a really workmanlike performance by yeah. the All Blacks at a time when they could probably be excused. You know, the old post-Sugar Rush, that the kids get. Um, yes, and, yes. And you've seen this happen time and time again at World Cups. I know it's happened to France probably about three times. Um, certainly twice after beating the All Blacks. They've kind of flopped in the next game. You could argue at the last World Cup, the All Blacks had such a good performance to beat Ireland and then and then fell a bit flat against England. To England yeah. um, France didn't even go back to the first World Cup when France produced an extraordinary performance. That's the 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 game that probably defined the arrival of the world cup the win over the wallabies and yet didn't fire a shot in the final so I, no. I wondered we we wondered here in new zealand whether you know the all blacks might be a little bit vulnerable in that in that semi-final having come off such a, a, an incredible game yeah. um, played by mm. both teams i hasten to add a, against ireland and and so to get through that a workmanlike performance uh you know that's uh, to me that sets them up pretty well for the finals. They do. They get an extra day break out of it, um, and and so they're actually in, in, in a pretty good place. Um, but yeah, they they,
1: they 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 did what they had. They had to do what they had to do to, to win that. Yeah, the, yeah. Whereas the quarterfinals, and I and I said it to you at the time, Harry, I could make a case for all eight teams winning their games, and and they would be decent cases coming to the semifinals and again, I said this last week, I couldn't see anything other than a New Zealand-South Africa final coming out of it. So yeah. I expected the All Blacks to beat Argentina pretty well. I didn't expect it to be 38 points, I'll admit that. But equally, I didn't expect England to only lose by a point with 90 seconds left on the clock either. So it is interesting the way those two games played out, Harry. You know, Tony, I was interested about this. Two
0: things echoed in my ear for your first appearance. One was you said the French typically have a good game or two in them, but they usually have a stinker as well. And this mm. time, actually, they went out in a blaze of glory. I mean, three tries in the first half. They, they threw a red hot, you know, punch uh, and just came up short. Um, and so, South Africa has had this experience, unique experience of playing, you know, basically t- ranked two through six. If they win, or, or, or no matter what, whereas mm. New Zealand had a bit of, more of an uh, uh, easier pool, probably because Italy uh, kind of faded and then Argentina faded. Mm. What do you think is better? going into the final? Like, is that is it better to have just been tested, tested, win by one, win by one? Yeah. Or, or is it, you know, almost uh, better to have your legs under you and have a, you know, Sam Whitelock and
2: Brodie Ritalik feel okay? Yeah, it's interesting because the last time the All Blacks won, 2015, you remember they just ran amok against France in the quarterfinal, mm. uh, laid them to waste, and then had that epic, that absolute knife-edged thriller against the Springboks in the semi-final. And you could argue that that set them up really well. I don't know. It's a funny one, Harry, because uh, you go back 2011 and that fraught, stomach-churning final that we had at Eden Park. It was almost felt like the the All Blacks had played their final against Australia. In fact, Richie McCaw, the documentary that we made um, about that at Sky, Richie McCaw actually sat in the dressing room after the game against Australia and thought, that that should be it. We, yeah, we've got right. to do it again now. And I think in some ways I just wonder whether having the slightly more comfortable semi-final win, it, it, it's certainly not going to harm the All Blacks. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's giving yeah. them an advantage. I'm just saying it won't harm them because they won't have had that feeling like, God, we ha-, you know, the, 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 the Springboks went to the brink and they mm. went into a pretty dark place to Win Twice. that game and they came out yeah. of it, but then you, you've got that that sense that, wow, we've got to get up and we're probably going to have to do it all again against a completely different kind of team yeah. next week. So, who knows? I mean, I suppose the beauty of it is though that these teams they, they're like they know each other so well. Um, anytime the All Blacks play the Springboks, it feels like some kind of final, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. so and, and you know, we Sometimes we've had to play each other when one team's travelled halfway around the world or, you know, you're, you're backing up, you've been thrashed one week and you turn around and win the next week. None of those things seem to matter very much when the All Blacks play the Springboks. It's just like, oh, this is a moment in time. This is now. This is the game. And what happened next week doesn't matter as stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. and this, this, yeah. this year both teams have scored 35 on the other
0: and uh, the one in uh, Mount Smart, I think the All Blacks ran away with it, and then Twickenham. So I've kind of been thinking of a theory of maybe in this third meeting, the rubber match, the you know, the test of the side at all. Maybe um, they'll score score 35 points total. I, I kind of I view this as being a much tighter game. I just don't think either side's going to come here and score, you know, uh, with with ease. I just I think the defenses are really set up now, and mm-hmm. everyone's on a knife edge.
1: Yeah. You know you know what I can kind of see? I I can kind of see it being 24-21 after half an hour. Like both tr- both teams come out and just throw everything at it. And then that's it for the game. Then, then it becomes a slugfest. Yeah. So, like it, yeah. it opens up, and then they go, "Whoa, hang on a minute! We've got to try and just, we've got to rein this in." So, a drop so, goal, be, a, a drop yeah. goal by
0: Finlay Christie. Yeah, yeah, in the twenty-fifth minute. Yeah, that, that was the winner.
1: Look, it'll be it'll be fascinating because it's like you mentioned their build-ups, and it's got to make a difference. the The preparations that they would have had this week relative to each other. You know, New Zealand would be. A whole lot fresher. You mentioned the extra day there, Tony. They've come off a really comfortable win, whereas the Springboks now—you know—Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a couple of days later, they would still be icing everything that hurts
2: after mm. that game.
1: And so, like, you just wonder how that affects preparations. It'll be yeah. Although I, I, I get,
2: I get the feeling that even Etzebeth doesn't know the meaning of the word hurt. I think I don't think he hurts. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. yeah. You just exist. Uh, uh, my my theory is that it, it. I've been saying all along this year about this All Black team is that if they start well, they're very hard to beat. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I if they start that. well, it yeah. usually means they're controlling the tempo of the game, and I think that's the key to it. To the Springboks is that they've got to deny the All Blacks the tempo in the first twenty minutes, first half an hour, and bring it into that—that's you know slugfest or slog or whatever that, that you're talking about. If the All Blacks get their game going. Um, then, you know, they'll, they'll, I, I think they will be. I, I've got it 50-50. I really have. And I, I think ask me again after 20 minutes in the, in the final and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have a better idea about who I, I think is going to win the game. There's a couple of interesting points. Um, the areas where the All Blacks have improved, um, they're, they're scrum in this tournament. No one's said anything about it.
1: No, it's but a good point. Scrum,
2: they have conceded fewer penalties under pressure than any other team at scrum time. Their lineout has been going pretty well. They, they had a couple of fluffs um, against uh, uh, against the Pumas. So their set-piece is going well, and their defence is going really well, as we saw at the end of the Ireland game. So those are little things that I think will help. But the other hand, they, they just know that, that South Africa, they play their game so well. Mm -hmm. They play to their strengths. And you know what you're going to get up to a certain point. But then beyond that, you've got players like Cheslin Colby, for example, who will do something quite remarkable Mm -hmm. in a flash and turn the game. And it could be an intercept or it could be a, 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 you know, chase a high kick and grab it and whatever. that They've got a couple of players in that back line in particular who can just do Mm -hmm. that. Extraordinary thing that's not like the rest of the game, and that is the danger of the Springbok team. Rugby on the roar, guys. Before
1: we get into this final and, and thinking about it more than we already have, we should actually discuss the third, fourth playoff argentina and england this this game always fascinates me (laughs) why it it fascinates me tony because it is always called the the, it is always sort of referred to as the who cares cup and we always ask every four years why do we bother with this game yeah but this to me represents the the last chance that argentina and england will have in this four-year cycle to go all right now we're just going to do everything that we wanted to do that we just couldn't quite like there is Yes, there's a medal at the end of it, but there really isn't much to lose in this game. So I think, from a pure rugby point of view, it'll actually be pretty entertaining.
2: Yeah, um, it, it's kind of uh, and, and and if England win it, they will use it as a. They're already, you know, the the, the old Dunkirk sort of mentalities <laughs> well and truly come into it. Yeah, and I think they'll they'll use see it as a sign that this is the way going forward. That's, a, good, that's um, a fair point. Are you going to try and sneak
1: into that game, Harry, the third, fourth playoff? No, no, I have no interest. I, I'm going to preload
0: with uh, plenty of uh, French beer. But um, <laughs> I just can't wait to see what Maro Toji thinks they're saying about his mother in Spanish and, uh, and that allegation. <laughs> <laughs> so many lost in translation moments yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah when maro toje said before the game we, we'll be we'll be celebrating because we are really confident i was thinking you'll be celebrating because every knock-on is a celebration for you <laughs> like they mm. go absolutely bananas about nothing uh, no yeah. i think for, yeah for turnover. It's, like, it's 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 a chance for the people you know players 27 through 33 to get on the pitch um obviously it's probably sentimental for some people there's a lot of retirements coming uh, I would think on both yes. sides. Like you got N- Nico Sanchez, yeah. I, would, I would imagine this is his swan song. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be touching. And I do think that his players, by the way, do uh, really love Michael Checa. They they all say to a man yeah. that he's kind of mysterious and hard to figure out, but uh, they do love the guy. And it's it's a shame that they they capitulated so.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah. much of the semi final. I wanted to see
0: more from them because they, they were at times brilliant and then they were also terrible as well. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's a really good way of putting it. Right, question with that notice and then we'll move on. Okay, at the start of the tournament, who did you imagine would have been playing for third and fourth?
0: So I had, I wrote this down. I had Wales getting into the semis uh, along with England. Um, I didn't have Argentina. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay, so you had england Wales, effectively. You know, yeah,
0: I, I basically had the experience. I went before the tournament. I just filled in people who had won knockout matches in the past, and it was basically New Zealand, South Africa, Wales, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I, because I do think that Six Nations is not the same. I do think that Heineken is not the same. I do think that Super Rugby uh, final is not the same. There's something different about when everyone's really at their best and the big, large test animals of New Zealand and South Africa come to the fore. They can just do things. A Colby, Etzebeth, Pollard can do things that their counterparts cannot. I just yeah, that's what I yeah, yeah.
1: I I have to admit, I was thinking France would probably play this game because I had I expected France and Ireland to get through to the semi-finals, but they both weren't going to win through the final. So I expected probably France were going to play this game, and it was probably going to be against England, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that England have got there in the end Tony, I'm, I'm guessing you've not given this game much thought at all <laughs> No,
2: I've seen a couple of them I've seen the All Blacks play a couple of them I can promise mm. you, it, it really is the game that no one wants to play Because you've got to get yourself up again You've absolutely got to scrape yourself off the floor yeah, because the knowledge that you are not going to the final, and you've probably given every last ounce of your being in that semi-final, and somehow you've got to lift yourself. And I know the All Blacks managed to do it last time and, and beat Wales, and and you go home with third place. I suppose it's better than fourth, and it's better than missing out on the semi-finals altogether. Uh, but you can you can understand why you know players don't want to play in this game. Um, yeah, and you know I you see wonder, that, what, see. you do wonder. Yeah. Steve Anson was who's
0: much more quotable than Ian Foster said, uh, Tony, that it was like open mouth kissing your grandmother to play in
2: this game. Yeah. Which
0: which <laughs> makes us wonder about Chag Hansen's home life. But uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, the, oh, yeah, that's that's a hard one not to get to get out of your mind that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I probably had a, had a suspicion that the All Blacks might end up playing in that game. Yeah? I don't know. Mm. I, I, I thought they had the certainly had the, the uh potential to go deep into the tournament without ever thinking about them winning um was it the front row that
0: bothered you or worried you tony was it the tie five issues or what did you think would come
2: no i I just i just wondered whether um there were things like sort of the discipline little mistakes and things a lot of the things that worried me they really have addressed even since that opening round game Uh, against France. Um, Mm. They didn't seem particularly perturbed after losing that game. And I kind of wrote off that even the Springbok game, what happened in that game was that Springbok's put them under a whole lot of pressure. Uh, They gave away points. They gave away penalties, yellow cards, and all that sort of thing. (laughs) I don't think what happened in that World Cup warm-up game was going to matter one ounce when it gets to the final this week. So... Yeah, I, as I say, I haven't really given the player for third and fourth much thought because I don't think anyone else does. <laughs>
1: it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, the final, how? What's the two ways New Zealand will win it, Tony? And then Harry, I'll ask you the same question about about South Africa.
2: I just think if the All Blacks can make a good start and get some continuity and some momentum into the game, now that's a big if against the springbok side because they defend so well i've just got a feeling that joe smith who so brilliantly came up with a plan to unpick ireland and let's it wasn't by much it, let's not Forget that. It was a really tight game, but I do think the All Blacks were the, the definitely the mm. better team in that game, and uh, I think they had a strategy, and I think they'll have one for the Springboks as well. Whether or not they can pull it off, that's another matter. Yeah. I think it'll come down to little variations in the kicking game, um, some s- s- subtleties in their in in their back play. <laughs> but I mean, the most important things when you're playing the Springboks is you you've got to defend well, you've got to be prepared to put your body on the ground, and on the line, I should say, and you've got to be so careful with your discipline. And those are the things that happen when you're under pressure. So if if they can control the tempo of the game through the, through the first 20 or 30 minutes, then I think the All Blacks are a chance to win this game. If not, then I think the Springboks have just got that amazing ability to overpower teams. Um, having Pollard back in the mix... Is, is it changes so, much, yeah. it? it yeah. changes so much, doesn't it? It changes so much because, yeah. you know, he, he's just such a, a, a very good goal kicker under pressure. Um, look, to me, as I say, it, it, it really does feel like a, a 50-50 contest. I'm yeah. just so looking forward to it. And obviously, you know, New Zealanders, we, we, you know, we want the All Blacks to win. It'll be absolutely fantastic to, and it would be Far and away the most unexpected All Black World Cup victory if it were to if it were to happen. Because I don't think too many people gave a shot. Well, you know, I've been reading all these stories in the last four or five years in the UK press about the All Blacks losing their aura and, and this and that. And and I think that's what makes making the final so satisfying. Yeah. But as I say, I, I just hope that we get a, a fitting end to the tournament, that there's no acrimony, there's no rancor, that the winners will be gracious I, I have no doubt about that and mm-hmm. i just hope the losers will be as well yeah i think that's so great yeah. points
1: harry what's the two ways that South africa will win it
2: yeah it's kind of a flip
0: side and i agree so much with tony on how he sees it from his point of view so w- a couple of things that are sort of assumptions that are wrong is the springboks fade at the at the end and that's when all Blacks win. it's really not true and for five years now springboks have won every second half they just win the, the second mm. 40. I think, therefore, it's like Tony says, that first off matters because just like (laughs) the New Zealanders just want to stay in parity of the physical stuff and then they can win. Springboks, I think, have to stay in touch by oranges and then they can win. But if they let the All Blacks do this crazy blitz, jumping around, bouncing the ball, finding grass, you know, and they're down in a 26 or 23, then I think it's going to be really tough to go back to the well for the third uh, week in a row. On the fitness things, I think, you know, I think both teams are equally fit. I think that's kind yeah. of a fallacy as well. This is a very fit springbok team. So I, I think it'll come down to aerials and who manages those aerial contests better. And if um and, and this is sort of a flip side of parody in the forwards, if the box nines can play with parody with Aaron Smith, who's the best scrum off in the tournament and has been the best nine in the world for about ten years, and Antoine DuPont wishes he was, but he's not there mm-hmm. yet. Aaron Smith can be somehow neutralized if Peter if he can wear Peter Steff toy like a shirt um and get inside uh you know Nuggets brain a little bit i think then uh the bucks have a have a very good shot but i think it is exactly 50-50 yeah
1: yeah 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 it's i mean it's 50-50 for me so it's it's fascinating that you guys are saying the same thing uh harry question for you does pollard start or is he of more value playing the last 50 minutes again
0: yeah, you know, I would. So I would use that.
1: I would use some of the
0: the bench as starters this week. Actually, from a principle of loading on the minutes. Yeah. So the All Blacks and Springboks have the the best rested sides. Ireland and French didn't know how to do this because they'd never been to this level. So they actually ragged out their starters too much. I think you could bring in Faf Pollard to start. They're a natural combination and love playing the All Blacks. They've always loved playing the All Blacks, yeah. and Pollard has a very good record against the All Blacks. I think it's too much to put Marie LeBoc, you know, Carter Gordon style into that type of match. I I would actually keep my game manager at the end to be uh, people like um, Vili. I would start Vilimsa because I think Vilimsa also doesn't fear the All Blacks. And then I would keep everything else pretty constant, but I would probably, this is kind of a shock, I would probably say Jasper Visa at eight, because I think uh, Vermeulen's taken his legs about as much as he can take them. And I like that dynamic, uh, smashing
1: style of Visa. Be a bold man to drop Dwayne Vermeulen for World yeah. Cup final now. <laughs> Tony does about the, the only contentious selection I can see for, for Ian Foster, and we won't see teams until Thursday night in France, so Friday morning Australia and New Zealand is probably where the Sam Whitelock or Brady Rutalic start in the second row.
2: No, I, I think they've pretty much flagged what they'll do. They'll definitely start with Ritalik and Scott yep. Barrett, who, to t- my, t- my way of thinking, I know people you know, have been raving about Artie Savia and Aaron Smith and, of course, Will Jordan, who's one try short of the record for the most yes. in a World Cup tournament. But to me, the All Blacks player of the, the player of the year in New Zealand this year has been Scott Barrett.
1: Yes, agree.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, to me, he's, he's led the forward effort. Uh, the only thing is he just... He did a silly thing. (laughs) I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah, Yeah. got himself yelling. And those are the sorts of things that you cannot afford to do, particularly in a final. You can't afford to do them in in any test match. But, no, I see – I I think they'll go in – okay they rotated a, a couple of things but mm. i think they, they looked at the team that started the game against ireland and and then you've got um, sam whitelock coming off the bench and that that seems to work really well because mm. he, he to me is along with uh, victor matfield uh, the, the greatest lineout forwards of this you know generation of yeah. the last 20 years because and he'll just sit there on the bench and he will suss out a few things that are going on at line-out time. Yeah. And, and, and he still is the best in the world at finding a weakness in an opposition line-out. So I think it works pretty well uh, for him to be coming on. And remember, he, he was the guy that, you know, anchored himself over the ball and got on that penalty. The, on the, the turn-up against, yeah. against, yeah,
1: against, against yeah. Ireland, exactly right. Yeah, yeah.
2: so, um, I, no, I, I, and, and again, Fanga um, Anuku had a, had a really strong quarter-final but then Talia comes back in and, and he, to me, like, you know, Colby or Arensa someone like, he's just got this incredible ability to do something out of the ordinary. He made a yeah. run in the game against Argentina, where they just seem to have him tackled about five times. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah so he's still kept, going. Kept... I remember that. Yeah. I
0: was like, how is he not falling down? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Now, now, I've been watching him do that since he was playing, started playing for North Harbour and the Blues and whatever. And yeah. it's, it's astonishing to think that he can do all of that at, at mm-hmm. test level as well. So, who knows? I mean, it, it could come down to one magical play. As I say, I, I do think uh, the all blacks are probably the best equipped team to chase a game getting back to your point harry yeah. about yeah. about who yeah. gets in front i think if they were to establish a lead then i think they'd be hard to beat if it comes down if it's if it's you know two or three points in it going into the second half well then probably at its advantage south Africa because of their ability yeah. to, to 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 finish the you know win a tight game and yeah. just keep piling on the pressure until something cracks but yeah you know, as, as Gordon Bray used to say, and Gordy, I just I love the man. He, he's um, a great friend of mine, and I've been with him on numerous occasions over the years. We've covered tournaments and test matches and whatever together. And, uh, and I've heard, you know, particularly in Australia, fans will say, Gordy, who's going to win? Who's going to win, Gordy? And Gordy goes, I don't know. That's why we're going to have a game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great way of putting it. So yeah. we've all flipped our coins, they've all come up the way. We hope that they will. So I won't ask you for a winner, but I will ask you for a margin, Tony.
2: Yeah, I think somewhere between five. I reckon I'm picking between five and seven points. There you go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: I don't. I just got a funny feeling it's not going to come down to a penalty at the day. De- I think five to seven, um, to, to me, there's a try in there somewhere that separates the two teams. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's a good, not a bad shout, Harry. What are you thinking, margin-wise? Um,
0: scrums matter a little bit more than a lineout because you get a direct penalty from a scrum. So I'm going to say box
1: by nine. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. It's going to be absolutely fascinating, Tony. I've loved the chat. We're so glad we we can get you back on uh, for this this week, and it's just worked out beautifully, hasn't it? So thanks so much for finding us some time uh, in what has been a big week in New Zealand rugby. It will continue to be a big week in New Zealand rugby. Try and find some time on yes. Sunday morning to, try, to enjoy the game, won't you? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's funny, you know, because uh, you, when you said you'd uh, have me back on, I was sort of thinking, probably be on the safe side, have me on before the quarterfinals. <laughs> 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 yeah. so I, I wasn't sure that I was going to be uh, talking to you about you know, the, the All Blacks being in the fire. But yeah, here, here we go. Bring it on. Here we go. Um, yeah. And, and may be the great. best team win. The Royal.
1: Harry, just fantastic to have Tony Johnson back. We've, every now and again, we're, we just get the timing right, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we've done that quite
0: a lot, actually. So there must we be have. some method to our madness. Now, yeah. Tony's such such a great conversationalist that, like you, we've always said, that our pods are best when we're just having a chat. This is the kind of episode where you really forget that you're on a yeah pod and yeah. We're, we're, just,
1: we're just having a Zoom chat. That's all. <laughs> we we should actually crack beers when we do this. I mean, it's <laughs> it's six o'clock in the morning for you, so maybe that's not a great idea. But <laughs> like that's it feels like that's what we're missing, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah, you know, just a such a such a good chat about that. I really really enjoyed that. Um, the women's WXV series is underway in in New Zealand. WXV one, that's the top six teams uh, playing there. It was some all played in Wellington on the weekend. England had a big win over Australia, forty two seven. Uh, on Friday night, and then on Saturday, Canada beat Wales 42-22. And the big upset was France beating New Zealand 18-17, which has really lit up uh, that that tournament now. The uh, third week of games uh, is all back in action in Dunedin, I think this week they are. And um, and it's, it's almost a shame that it has to be played at the same time as the Rugby World Cup because yeah. you love... A tournament like that to be getting its its own airtime, and um, so they've got uh, another week to go at the very least after after the final, which is. Um, I saw our friends, good. Uh,
0: Arabella and Sarah, are in ripping shape. They're um, uh, yes. I, I think the fitness levels of the women playing rugby right now is just really getting unbelievably No, uh, high.
1: no yeah. doubt, and and I noticed that there's certainly some differences about the. Yeah, uh, you know, be- Bella's spent the whole season playing north, and so she's yep. come to come back to Australia off a full professional season now. And so her rugby is just at different levels. And She's playing 12,
0: right? It's like a Matt Gitto kind of 12. Yes, yes,
1: I think so. I think so. But playing it pretty well. So we we certainly wish them uh, all the best this week coming, the Wallaroos. Um, But Australia has won a Rugby World Cup. Well, the Rugby World Cup. Uh, The Steelers, as we call them, took out the International Wheelchair Rugby Cup Nice Been Canada 53 48 in the final in Paris at the Accor Arena uh, on Sunday last uh, last week. So Canada uh, Canada beat Australia in the opening game of the tournament 49-48, but the Steelers just dominated throughout. Riley Batt is the, the most well known uh, player in the in the Australian team and considered probably the world's best player was the was the clear standout. So um so yeah. Australian rugby for the win! Yes. Uh, in the bronze final earlier in the day, Japan beat France uh, 50-49 as well in a bit of a last ditch thriller. Um, <laughs> talked <laughs> Yeah, amazing. absolutely. And like wheelchair rugby is just—if you haven't watched it, just just watch it for ten minutes, and it will just blow your mind. The physical—you reckon you've seen physicality on a on an able body field? Watch these guys go; they just smash into each other. Uh, Wayne Barnes has indeed been appointed. Uh, to the Rugby World Cup final on Saturday night. Uh, Nick Berry will do the, the third, fourth playoff game, and that is um, a huge... I mean, it's a huge honour for, for both of them, obviously. Um, Barnes will do it with an all-England team um, with... I've lost it. Oh, Carl Dixon and Matthew Carley are his mm. assistants. Tom Foley is the TMO, whereas... Uh, Nick Berry does it with uh, Nick Amish Kelly from Georgia and Andrew Brace from Ireland are the ARs. Ben Whitehouse from Wales is the TMO. And There was a bit of a... The story sort of came out in England first on Sunday late or maybe Monday morning late. Uh, and the reporting at the time sort of said that the third, fourth game in the ARs for the final was all sort of pending Yako Piper's fitness, but he was ruled out. And so they're all, um, they're all through that. We've discussed... Uh, early on, the 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 World Rugby Statement confirming that they will look into the alleged discriminatory language used towards Tom Curry, and, and I think we can call that one discussed for the time being. As I say, I, I will be surprised if any more comes off it. it. It does feel to me like this is them being seen to be doing something. Sam Whitelock will become... The first player to feature, or did become the first player to, to feature in four semi-finals, and he could create more history this weekend by becoming the first player to win three World Cups. If the All Blacks get up, um, his his World Cup record currently stands at twenty three wins from twenty five games. Mm. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Just extraordinary. Yeah. And um, and Tony mentioned this as well. Will Jordan's hat trick against Argentina in the semi-final took his tournament tally to eight which draws him level with Jonah Lomu, Brian Habana and Julian Savia for the most tries in a single men's rugby world tournament. And who's to say that he won't have that record uh, by by the end of the game on, on, on Saturday night. And yeah, I do say men's there very deliberately he's, because... He's, a
0: luck, he's the luckiest uh, player, but he's not lucky. I'll say that.
1: No, he's <laughs> there's no luck in being at the right place at the right, right. time. That's for sure. Exactly. Um, and I very deliberately said men's World Cup there because Black Fern star Portia Woodman scored... Eight tries in one World Cup game, and, and holds the overall record with comfortably more than comfortably more than eight. So, yeah, it's important to to, to note that difference. It was uh, pointed out on on social media in the last day or two. Uh, we will have you covered for this final weekend of the tournament. Harry and I will be back on Sunday morning Australian time at the very least with a instant reaction to the Rugby World Cup final between New Zealand and South Africa. Tony and Christy, also have something out Friday morning Australian time with all the teams and a preview of this weekend's games. Um, and we're still trying to work out what's going on with the third, fourth playoff on Friday night, Saturday morning, aren't we? We'll, we'll sort that out. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> well, To be advised is what it is. Uh, thanks so much for you, um, for so many of you who have uh, left some wonderful comments for us over on the Raw's YouTube page. And if for some strange reason you do want to watch us in action rather than just listen to us, you can find us uh, there on the Raw's YouTube channel. So look that up. You'll find that. And, and again, thanks for all the comments that have flooded in from all over the world too. Uh, It's been really great to see. But I think that, mate, is us done. For episode 85 of the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by ASICS. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials uh, saying plenty of good stuff and a little bit of rubbish as well, I'm sure. Please do leave us a rating and a review if your pod platform allows it, and do like, follow, subscribe uh, on your pod platform and on YouTube as well. And make sure you see every new episode as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au. Australia's biggest sporting debate home of all your favourite international rugby analysis opinions and conversations. It's all thanks to ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear partner of the Wallabies. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears with the final instant reaction of 2023 when New Zealand face off with South Africa in the Rugby World Cup final in Paris. Come
0: finals with us.